2: All right, Andrew, hit us with that Sif Spoil theme song for this week. Tom Holland, Tom Holland,
3: does whatever Robert Downey lets him. Can <laughs> he swing from a web? If not, baby drive will drive him around. Look out. <laughs> Here comes Tom and
2: El Gort. <laughs> nice. Nicely done. Very lovely. Lots of great references in there. Yeah, we're going to be spoiling both uh, Spider-Man Homecoming and Baby Driver both have some things worth talking about. We'll try not to make this episode 5 million hours long. We could. Um, <laughs> there's, Easily. There's, there certainly is a lot to talk about. But I will say this. If you haven't seen the movie, you probably don't want to listen to this for a couple of reasons. Number one, we don't want to spoil anything for you if you're going to see it. Number two, we'll probably jump around a lot. So some of it might not make sense if you haven't actually seen the movie. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we don't try. We don't attempt necessarily to stick to a linear conversation about what's going on in the movie. We're not giving you like a full plot. We just have different things we want to touch on, uh, spoiler-wise, now that we've seen the film. So let's start with Spider-Man and then go to Baby Driver like we did in the podcast proper. Um, What do we want to talk about with Spider-Man spoilers? I will say there are some twists that I did not see coming. Really? I did not know that she was his daughter. Me neither.
0: Yeah. Neither I either. loved that. See? I
2: loved that so much.
3: Yeah. I, I figured it out right before he he was walking up to the door. He was right. talking to Aunt With, May, and I'm like, oh, no, here we go. And, yep. As soon as he was talking to her, I'm like,
2: oh, here we go. This, yeah. I didn't and that's see exactly coming. when you're supposed to figure it out, because yep. it gives you that little bit of anticipation,
1: you know, and just like,
2: oh, my goodness, it's actually your dad.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I kind of, looking back, I kind of feel like I had an idea of it, because... They keep talking about your wife and your kids. Sure, and it's stuff there, like that. yeah. Like it's you, hindsight's twenty twenty. Right. You know, but you didn't know. Don't no, don't play like you knew. You I didn't. didn't know. I,
2: I thought loved it was it. great. Yeah, I loved it too. And it adds again so much depth to yep. that character. Yep. Um, I think he genuinely loves his family. Like yeah. I don't think he's playing.
1: Like, yeah. you know, oh, that
3: that scene where whenever it's Tom Holland and him in the car when he's dropping the Oh, it's
1: so good. Yeah. Yeah, I think That's, that uh like I said like I was saying in the in, in the actual podcast um it's not something we've seen for the vulture before cuz like I said typically he's just sadistic. Just, yeah, he's, yeah, he's he's kind of sick. But now he's I mean,
3: parental sadistic.
1: Now yeah, now now he's sitting here going, you know, I'm looking out for mine, right? You know, back whenever I was working as uh, law enforcement, I don't have a heart where I want to hurt somebody. I, I right. I'm a good guy. You know, and there have been people that, oh, you got into it, you know, because you're just, you just know, mean and ugly and mostly ugly. And I'm like, no, no, I just, I genuinely want to help people. Right. But my philosophy going in every single night was, I'm going to go home tonight. And there's not a person out there that's going to stop me from going home tonight. And if you create a situation that puts me into the position where I have to choose whether or not I'm going home tonight or going to the hospital or, you know, the morgue. Um, I'm going to make sure that I go home tonight. And that's kind of where the vulture is in this. He's sitting here going, I have stuff obligations, people that depend and rely on me. Yeah. And you guys are forcing my hand and, and I can facilitate means of being able to, uh, you know, take care of mine and, and all this good stuff. And, for the most part he is indirectly causing people to have weapons and things of that nature which are in fact hurting people but he's he's kind of separated himself from that a little bit he's like, yeah but yeah. he obviously doesn't mind hurting people either clearly yeah. but
2: he's he's gotten there from a place of nobody else is protecting the people important to me right. I'm going to protect the people important to me and I'm not just talking about family it's clear from the beginning he's talking about the people he works with yep we, you know we're introduced to him right at the beginning uh, as they're doing cleanup on the you know, first the first Avengers this movie, movie
3: spans four. Marvel movies. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it really does. And so he's doing cleanup on the first Avengers destruction, which, by the way, I love it when these movies take you to places that most like superhero movies don't. Superhero aftermath. movies never talk about aftermath. Yeah. They never talk about cleanup. But these Marvel movies are starting to talk about that kind of stuff. And I find that really interesting. And so they use some of the alien tech and you know start building weapons, and that's how... You know, they, they do what they do, and he has this amazing suit that he can fly and steal this stuff with.
1: And, and it's different than what it is that was in the comic books because the 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 flight harness that he creates in, in the comics is— Or
3: actual wings. <laughs>
1: no, um, it's an actual—he uses the wings for guidance, yeah. uh, but the actual harness is what actually gives him uh, the ability to fly. Um, and it's virtually sound— so he can fly around as a matter of fact there are moments when spider-man short of relying on his spider sense has no idea that he is there's any danger because the vulture's there he can he can't hear him
2: can we can can we talk about this for a second
1: because he doesn't use the spider there's sense no spider there's the no movie? spidey senses oh, in Yes, is. Yeah. well
2: i mean there are but they don't they, they
1: don't make it explicit yeah there's not like the the, the screen getting weird yeah i, I, like, that. Actually I like that i like that no i do too yeah. so did i
3: they did that in civil war as well where right. he uh, something was flying in from behind, he's like, "Oh no!" And he just does. He just does it. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. love that. Like it's really prevalent when he's on the ferry. He's using his Spidey sense. Oh yeah, you know?
2: but uh, man,
3: yeah. uh, I'm curious to know. You said you had one negative, like one, like a suspension of disbelief at the very oh, yeah, end of yeah, the movie. We talk
2: about the airplane at the end. So, uh, so the very last job that he tries to do involves him robbing Tony Stark's last moving plane from Stark Tower, which has on it I think happy lists, all like, of the MacGuffins, like all of them, <laughs> like <laughs> all of the biggest and most important things that if somebody got their hands they, they on, and the no, world ends. Yeah, I don't think. And really there's be a nobody in the plane. Yeah, like I get yeah. Tony that you. Tr- I, I get that you trust your technology, but that was a little like I'm going. Oh, there's no way. There's no more levels of protection. Than
1: just some cloaking device that doesn't actually really cloak the plane either. How about <laughs> any one of the uh, the Iron Suits, your, your Iron Man suits, that's totally unmanned that you just have Friday yeah, operating? Just have thirty Iron
2: Man suits flying alongside of it or something
1: yeah, like. I to agree. Have all or that in stuff it, in there, just hanging out inside of it, just waiting.
2: Or that they wouldn't that there wouldn't be. <sighs> something even low tech enough that would you know be able to discover i think they gave some reason that the the they wouldn't have known he was there some sort of nonsense about the he was in the the flight stream so come on there would be even if nobody's on the plane he's going to have some technology that knows if something lands on his plane like yeah, you it's would just hope. i th- those kind of things at the end i was i just i was having trouble forgetting about those things i yeah. was distracted by those things because I just I don't I just don't see Stark letting that happen. Yeah. Like there's no way Stark lets that happen.
3: I'm glad that's your uh, suspension of disbelief.
2: Why? What did you think it was? I
3: thought it, your suspension of disbelief was uh, Tom or Peter Parker lifting that thing off of his back. No. No. I love that because I, want, I, want, I want to talk He about is that. that strong.
2: Yeah. I want to talk about that. But yeah.
1: he's but he's figuring out he's that strong, and that's that. what I
2: loved about it. That. Yeah.
1: Okay. So last night after the movie, uh, we were standing around outside talking about it, as you do. And uh, two of the guys that were with us was like, no, I'm totally not down with this. And I'm like, why? And he's like, because it should just be a go thing and it just happens. And I'm like, yeah, but this is all really early on for Spider-Man. Yeah. He's still coming into his powers. He's still That's what the whole movie is about. Out. Exactly. Yeah. So here he is. He's underneath there and he's, he's weeping. He's not crying. He's weeping. Yeah, he's so trapped. good. That was so powerful. Scene, he's got man. his hand held up. He's like, I'm down here. He's like, save me. And he's in his own head. And I don't know about you guys, but I've experienced a panic attack before, right? And, That's a and panic attack. You, he, you've got nothing. You've got, right. like you, In your head, you might be like, I can do this thing. But at that moment, you're nothing. Yeah. And he's trapped. And he's alone. And he's scared. And he's not strong. And then all of a sudden, he's weeping. And he looks down. And he catches a glimpse of himself. And he's like, come on, Peter. And then he stops saying, come on, Peter. He come starts saying, come on, Spider-Man. Yeah. And he hoists that thing up yeah i was like yeah no was good this is on it this is on it
3: i think that scene well go ahead no i was
2: just saying no that's not that wasn't my suspension to disbelief problem
3: i say that scene in particular is probably the most prevalent scene to remind everybody this is a kid yeah Mm -hmm. kids can get scared kids need help every now and then they have to mature they have to
2: understand who they are you know and we're all still working on that. Even yep. as non kids, we're all still yep. trying to figure out who we are and where our strengths are and all that stuff. Yep. I know I know it was evident because of, you know,
3: the dialogue that was come on Peter Parker, Peter Parker, come on high Spider Man. That was him becoming Spider Man. Yeah. He wasn't Spider Man before that. Whenever we saw him in Civil War, no, he was that, just in a Spider Man suit. It was just a Spider Man suit. And yeah. they make this that point, yeah. Is Spider Man. Yeah. He is moving
1: forward. Surprisingly, it reminds me of an episode of uh, Batman that I watched, a cartoon series of Batman where um, supposedly he thinks he's going insane. And there's a voice talking to him inside his head where he's talking to him and he's telling him, well, Bruce, you're like this. Hey, Bruce, you're like this. And then at the end of the episode, they're like, well, how did you know that it was somebody else talking to you? He's like, because I refer to myself as Batman in my head. He, he doesn't identify as Bruce Wayne anymore. Yeah. He is Batman. Well, that's, and that's cool. that's kind of what this is for me because, you know, he's talking to himself and he's Peter this and everything. And he, he there's a separation there. You know, they do the same thing whenever they're talking about Liz, you know, whenever she's got a crush on Spider-Man. And his buddy's like, hey, and as we are going, come on, man, she's got a crush on you. And, you know, and then later on, there comes that moment where it's like, how weird is it to be famous in your own school and no one knows it's you you know it's it's, this this whole identity thing and i I loved everything about that yeah let's talk about his buddy ned yeah
3: Uh, good old guy in the chair (laughs) that scene where you know it's just the montage of them like following the uh, the tracker and then at the very end he has the spider-man mask on
1: so great. you gotta love that character tell me you would there's no way you wouldn't do that either no, like if, I, yeah. if if Aaron was Spider Man and you found out, <laughs> I'd wear the mask. You would wear the mask. Yeah, I'd let you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, that that scene
2: where uh, this is another surprise in the movie that worked for me. When he's in the room, when Spider Man comes back in, and oh, he yeah. doesn't know it, and then he's like,
1: "You're Spider Man." That That's was seemed, the trailer. No, I'm, no, seemed, I'm not. <clears throat> yeah, no, I'm not. You are on the ceiling.
2: That was in the trailer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh that's in the trailer i get so mad at trailers see this is how this i continue to be glad i don't watch trailers because yeah. that moment for me in the movie was so great yeah like it was just a surprise and i was like oh that's such a great reveal um <laughs> but yeah he's like you're walking on the ceiling
1: it's so awesome i like i'm the, I'm
2: the guy in the chair
1: the i, I the like chair. Chair. come on let me be the guy in the chair yeah the, i just want to
2: be the guy in the chair
1: the moment when he's on the rooftop of the people down on the street that are selling like hot dogs or whatever like yeah that's spider-man from youtube yeah do a backflip. <laughs> because no one knows him yeah you know it's every everything that is spider-man out there right now is just youtube videos or some of the things that he's done he stops a guy stealing a bike and he's like i don't know who this belongs to so i'm gonna leave a note (laughs) yeah i love i actually did not mind the stanley cameo in this movie really yeah i I, I like they always annoy me now
2: just because they feel forced but
3: not me this one actually kind of worked you know cranky old man leaning out the window be quiet down there you yeah but then they had to add something with him
2: you know, Talking to his neighbor. Yeah. 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 So, but I anyways.
3: A, I was okay with it. Uh, speaking of reveals, so Aunt May knows he's Spider Man now?
2: So what? At so the I,
3: very end of the movie, Aunt May knows that he's Spider Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Kind of looked that way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Love it. Oh, it makes me. This movie actually, this movie kind of pulled a Martian in some ways. It had like, f- like three F bombs that weren't actual F bombs. What? The F bomb? Yeah. yeah. The, that one that was cut off at the end, <laughs> uh, the F marry or kill. They did that as well, yeah. um, and so it was it was interesting in that way. Uh, I did notice that. By the but way, yeah, she knows
1: now. By the way, young lady on the bleachers, good luck killing the Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> speaking
3: of Easter eggs, in his classroom, did you guys uh, see Bruce Banner?
2: No. No.
3: So, um, you know, he's sitting in the classroom. They're always answering the questions and stuff. Yeah. If you look at the top row, like above the chalkboard, they have, like, Einstein and Tesla, like like framed pictures. At the very end is banner. Oh nice.
2: I love that. Yeah, I love the Captain America stuff in oh here. My, that was I so funny. When you were saying there was a character that appeared too much, I thought you were talking about the Captain America no, stuff. I'm talking about I realized you're talking about Iron Man now. Yeah. Um, but man, that Captain America stuff was great. And possibly the best post credit scene yeah, since oh the, my. since the uh You've been waiting so long. Since
1: the Shawarma scene. They sh- yeah they straight up trolled us. Oh, it was so good. Marvel trolled us hard. And it was great. Yeah, it was. I was laughing the whole time.
3: You've been waiting so long, hoping for something, and then <laughs> How many just more? disappointment.
1: How many more of these we
2: got? How many? <laughs> so perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, so great. And there are also these little moments that I love too. Stuff like that where the movie just is willing to play with itself in some ways. Well, and it, play with like the, for instance, Spider-Man being in the suburbs. Yeah. And he walks out and goes and shoots his web slinger, but there's no buildings around. Yeah. And oh, so he's like, oh, I got to run. He's on the golf course.
3: Yeah. He's yeah. running
2: through this, the golf This sucks. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's um, so
1: good. The, the moment where they do the, the video clip with Captain America. And the coach is like, pretty sure he's a war criminal now. I don't know why. I still got to show you <laughs> oh, these. Oh,
3: that's um, what's his name? The comedian. Uh,
1: I forget his name, but yeah, Burgess is it? Could be. Yeah, I still think that uh, it was really funny watching yeah. that. He's a war. Well, also, I'm pretty sure he's a war criminal. Captain, Captain know, America directs, you know, to the right, and he's standing he's to the standing left. left <laughs> yes, <laughs> funny stuff. <laughs>
3: gotta love man.
1: That's I, I kind of liked who they picked for Flash Thompson. I was, I was okay, here's. I was going to ask you this. This uh, comes from a non comic book character guy. Yeah, I was going. I, I
2: had to assume coming out of the movie that there actually is a character named Flash. Oh yeah, Flash in Thompson. the spider, because I'm like, there's no way you would pick that name and risk the confusion yeah, of the DC
1: Flash because I guarantee you there are people yeah. who think that's the Flash from the DC universe. So, historically speaking, for the comic books, Flash Thompson is he's like uh, he's he is. In love with Spider-Man. Like, he's the biggest Spider-Man apologist, traditionally speaking. Uh, but he hates Peter Parker. Yeah. So that he was accurate to the, to the movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> um, because uh, there was a Flash character in the Sam Raimi. Joe Manganiello actually played Flash in that. Uh, see, yeah. I'd forgotten that. I don't know if there was a, a Flash in The Amazing Spider-Man, the Andrew Garfield one. There was not. No okay. So, I recall. So, I'm
2: guessing 70% of people think that's the same Flash from... The CW I show. Hope I, I hope not. I, I, I hope not. I guarantee you. I because
1: I'm just telling you, it's such a unique name. You're in a superhero universe. I, I really hope not. I was I was honestly hoping for because Andrew, I believe you're the one that had mentioned it to me at one point, um, where we had been discussing and there was talk that potentially there was going to be a character named Miles or Miles Morales. Miles Morales. And I was everybody really, really that, hoping that was going to be a thing. Because is that, is
2: that Donald Glover's
3: character?
1: No. no. Okay.
3: In okay, it's weird because. In the comics, Miles Morales is based off of Donald Glover. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, like they took a, his facial characteristics right. and they made Miles Morales. And then they put Donald Glover in the movie, but, but he's, he's not, not Miles, Miles Morales. Morales. And you're
1: sure he's not? They're not setting that up?
3: No, no he wasn't. Yeah, okay.
1: Uh, Miles Morales, if you don't know, Miles Morales is the current iteration of Spider-Man. Right. Yeah.
2: So I just wondered if they were setting up, like, that that person could become Miles Morales and become Spider-Man later. No. Uh, maybe, uh... I loved his appearance. Yeah. yeah. I love Donald Glover. What I think I'm, he's great.
3: What I'm thinking is, because in the movie, uh, Donald Glover's character says, I have a nephew that lives in this neighborhood. I'm thinking the nephew might be Miles uh,
1: Okay. Yeah. And well, with uh, I, I did like that scene where he ends up shooting the the webbing on his arm on the trunk of the car. Oh, yeah. I yeah. thought that was a great scene. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was, you, you deserve this. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, bad guy, Mr. Criminal. No. That'll dissolve in two hours. Two hours. And that's that's also pretty traditional for uh, uh, webbing to dissolve for Spider-Man. And that's been pretty consistent throughout the other movies, now, as my, well as within the TV show and comic books. My wife was asking about uh, biological web shooters versus mechanical web shooters, and which we, I know has been a thing. Mainly
3: um, in the comics, he has the mechanical ones. That's what I thought. To a
1: degree. To, to a degree. To degree. Um, so Spider-Man's body undergoes several different changes uh, as you know, he continues to mutate a little bit. Heck, at one point in time, he ends up having six arms. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a thing. Uh, when, in Spider Man 2099, whenever, you know, my favorite time frame, uh, whenever I'm reading those, they talk about the mutations that are continued to pass along to, you know, his future generations. Instead of having the ability to just adhere to the walls because of the little uh, fibers, kind of like what we saw with the, yeah. uh, the Toby uh, yeah, McGuire movies, um, he actually has retractable talons. That he can actually scrape steel with. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah. And, um, he actually has fangs and he can inject venom into people. In scary. All yeah, it's super awesome. He's a giant spider. Um, but with this, he's using the web shooters. And when you're watching like the old school cartoons and early on, um, you know uh comic books he has web shooters and that's why in a lot of fights whenever he's battling against villains you know sometimes they'll get him by the wrist and he'll crush they'll crush his web shooters right and he's used you know he's used uh cartridges web slinger uh, his web cartridges and thrown them at them and used them as you know basically bombs like yeah the, the the web bombs that he used in this movie it's similar to that as well um but the way they've explained it was is that uh, when he was bitten, he kind of inherently gained the, the knowledge on how to make webbing. Oh, interesting. So he, it's part of the DNA. It's one of those natural things that spiders huh. are able to do. So he's able to kind of piece that together, but he doesn't have any of the secretion glands. He can't do it himself, so that's why he has to manufacture it. And then he uses that as his propulsion device. But then later on, there are forms where he himself is able to just do it. Um, that's part of like so the mutation, but that that's kind of hit and miss. It depends on what it is you're reading.
2: Wow. Yeah. There's so much Here. to know. I will say the one cameo that they set up a little clunkily for me and also delivered on it clunkily was the MJ cameo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't like that. I, there was something about the way, I mean, I, we all knew she was somebody if not yeah. MJ. Uh, and then, my friends call me MJ. It just was a little bit, it yeah, was a little bit clunky for me because her name was Michelle, not Mary, R- right? Yeah. So, well, well, and that's what I'm saying. They were trying to pull a little switcheroo on yeah. you and make yeah. you not, you know. But it, I just didn't work for me totally. No, I'm I mean, I like that character. You. I like her. She was I thought she was oh, yeah. great, but yeah. I just didn't like the reveal. I could have done without that. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, yeah. Or just, or just leave it. Let people just think give it about to, it. Just give it to them. You well, like
1: that's just MJ.
2: Well, either you can do that from the beginning or what I'm saying is don't have the my friends call me MJ line. Let yeah. people think about it. Let them say, well, yeah. who was that, Michelle? You know, yeah. she was somebody important, you know? Yeah. So uh, I don't know.
1: somebody at a distance be like, hey, Watson, you know? <laughs> so I, was, I said earlier that the
3: movie was oversaturated with characters. Yes. Yeah. So much that they had two shockers in this movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, they did. Dude, Shocker! I love the fact it had Shocker in it. Shocker, I love is, pro- the Shocker of his- is
3: probably one of my favorite Spider-Man villains. I love
1: the design of his outfit in this because it was—I it, mean—it spoke true to what it is that I remember from Shocker. The, I just the, remember the, the yellow, yellow netting, the yellow netting down his arms for insulation against the electricity. Yeah, totally didn't know that that was a real—that's an actual dude. See, I didn't.
3: I think Shocker one of the coolest characters. See this it stuff is.
2: to me. I'm telling you, this stuff to me. A lot of times is like when in Lego Batman they go through the list of all those, you know, including like Condiment King, Condiment and all those, King, and and then they go, you you know, uh, Google it. They're Pro- all real or whatever. Probably worth the Google. Probably, worth, <laughs> Probably the Google. worth the Google. That's how I feel about all this stuff. I'm like, what? Shocker's a real thing. Like Shocker is a real thing. Oh yeah, amazing. Besides Venom and Carnage, I think
3: Shocker is my favorite. Spider-Man is the, is, is the guy that had the big that, that's
1: the, that's shocker traditionally yeah okay. he has the yellow yeah. mask
3: and he has he has netting all around his body that if you touch him you get electrocuted Yeah, it's, yeah, was, he, who it's was,
1: protective against it for, for yeah, him he's insulated yeah does who anybody was, who,
3: know
2: who the villain
1: uh are the that um at has, the
3: very end with the eye and yeah, stuff? yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope, he's uh, i don't know who that is do you i think is he supposed just to be a guy. setting
1: somebody up i you know i don't i can't place him i know from,
2: i mean i know the actor from uh better call saul right um in some other things but I, I didn't know if they were trying to set that up as another spider-man villain i'm guessing they are i just didn't know who it was supposed to be um but then again i'm not necessarily all that familiar
1: with stuff right
2: anything else you guys wanted to to spoil on this yeah. i know there's a lot you know we obviously I, I don't have time to talk about
1: everything i, but. I mentioned that uh spider-man's a genius yeah. But he does a thing that I think is just kind of a dumb 15-year-old kid thing to do. Uh-huh. So there comes the moment whenever he sees the arms deal going on. He's at the party. He right. He sees the, the yeah, yeah. blast, and he goes there, and he confronts the guys, and they take off. When they take off, he manages to knock their weapon out of their hands from the back of the truck, and it falls off into the grass, right? They get away. He goes back. He finds the thing, right? Mm-hmm. The next day, he's in school and he's trying to take it apart. Now we discussed this at nauseum, at nauseum last night, and you know we, the four of us that were standing around discussing it, uh, (laughs) we were arguing pretty heavy about this. Um, Here's Peter Parker, the genius, trying to disassemble this thing in order to get to that little glowy rock. and he starts striking it with a (laughs) hammer. Okay, now I'm of the opinion that you know he's. Under pressure, he's fifteen. Right, he's trying to. He get could quick. figure it out. He's just too immature to take the time to figure and that's, it out. That's the argument that I had for it was: is he's this, it shows more of him being a kid. Mm-hmm. He's just frustrated and trying to get answers. He's trying to get in there. He's looking at it and going, "This is obviously." human techs with alien tech, yeah. and I need to smash off all of the stuff. And, of course, the other two that are with us is going, you don't know anything about the thing. Why would you ever hit it with a hammer? And I'm like, because it speaks to him being a child. Yeah, if he stopped <laughs> yeah. and thought about it, he'd,
2: he'd figure it out, but he's just, you know, he's being impulsive.
1: He's being immature. He's That's exactly right. He's, yeah. that's, that's, no, that, I'm with you. That's kind of where I was at with that, that whole point. But, yeah, sure. I, I looked at it, and I was like, yeah, maybe you, maybe you got something there where you're looking at this thing, and you're going... Yeah, don't hit something you don't understand with a hammer. Um. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. So I just looked it up. Michael Mando's character is Mac Gargan. Oh, okay. He's Scorpion. Yeah. Okay, Scorpion. Well, and actually, that's he's Venom the, after
1: that. That's why the tattoo makes sense then. Yeah, he's Scorpion. Because he's got a Scorpion tattoo. And
3: then after Scorpion, he becomes the next Venom afterwards. Which
1: is supposed to be Tom Hardy
2: Yeah. in a different movie. Yeah. Which is Eddie Brock.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, there's, there's a couple of people who play Venom. Yeah. Eddie Brock and then...
2: All right, before before we go on to Baby Driver, I did want to touch on uh too much Iron Man. Ex- explain to me how, why you feel like there's too much of him. Because I and I think a lot of people feel this way. Yeah, so I'm, I think I understand the, the
3: fact that you know he's trying to he's made uh, Tony Stark his surrogate dad, right? Because oh, I want to talk about this real quick. No origin story in this movie. Thank you. I don't have to see Uncle Ben any of that kind of stuff right now. Don't it's even it's mention all Uncle past. Ben in this one. No. Uh, I love the fact that they didn't even they do that. They dance around it. They dance around bit. it, yeah. A little but bit. Very, yeah, enough to where I'm like, thank you for doing that. They they kind of talk about it with Ned. He's doing the montage. Right. So what? I was bit by a spider. Can I get bit by a spider? Spider's dead. You know, all that kind of stuff. But I love the fact in this, he made Tony Stark his surrogate dad, but the problem I have is that he keeps showing up to where he's using Tony Stark as a crutch too much. Not like for physical needs, but for reasons of why he's doing what he's doing. He keeps mentioning Tony Stark, and he wants to become an Avenger. Not that he wants to help people. He realizes by the end of the movie, he just wants to be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, which I do want to mention again. The suit at the very end of the movie is great. (laughs) I love the suit that he makes for him at the end. He doesn't wear... But I, will, I love that new suit, and I hope that they keep that suit design, because that's Was nice... Spider-Man
2: ever in the Avengers in the comic books? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Right.
3: Absolutely. yeah. Yeah, it was. Absolutely. Um, but, wow. Uh, it, it, what was, oh, Tony Stark. Yeah, so I think that they just overused it, you know, like, Tony keeps showing up. He doesn't.
1: He's micromanaging.
3: Pe- he's micromanaging. He doesn't let Peter Parker make a mistake to learn from on his own.
2: I see. I didn't feel that way at all. I felt like he showed up when he had to. Like, he didn't want to show up. Like when he sent the suit the first time, you know, it was because it, you know, he had to save his life or whatever. And then when he showed up the second time at the boat, at the ferry boat, see, and I
3: think that should have been the first time we see him. See, Besides my, like the the montage at the beginning.
1: So I, I okay, so my hang up with this is um this so he wants he wants him to learn. He wants him to 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 grow and learn right. and all of these things. But Well, he, more he, than that, he knows he's not ready. Right. And he, and, and The problem that I'm running into and watching this is: you know, here's Spider-Man, here's Peter Parker calling Happy on a regular basis, going, Hey, I've got information, I've got news. And he feels like no one's listening to him. Right. And as a result, he starts kind of acting out to a degree. It's not really acting out. He's just like, Fine, you're not going to listen to me. I'm going to handle this stuff myself because I have the means of doing it. And then he goes well out of his way. I think that if there would have been better communication there, then perhaps it would have been handled differently. If he would have known that the FBI was going to be on the boat, then maybe he wouldn't have shown up the way he did. You know what I mean? Right. Furthermore, I, that's not how you fix a boat on the water. Because, you know, <laughs> let's just throw physics out the window. Yeah, that first. boat yeah. was still safe. <laughs>
2: yeah. You aren't saving that boat by welding it back together. No, that, that, yeah. that boat was
1: toast. All right. yeah. So. <laughs> that's not how water works. <laughs> that's not how water works. Just, let's just ignore buoyancy. You know, just whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: But I think that um, if Tony or even his suit hadn't saved Peter after... Uh,
1: had Vulture a, dropped him. A tragic hero death drowning no, no. in a lake. He could have
3: he could have, you know, made it to shore and then Happy would have been the one to call him say, Hey, what's going on? And then the first time we see Tony, besides, you know, that beginning montage, is when he saves him at the boat. That would have been perfect. I think they overused Tony by one scene.
2: Okay. Well that's not too bad then.
3: No, that's what I'm saying. I didn't
2: feel it the same way you felt it, but yeah. um but I I mean I can see that observation. I just all that Marvel stuff Man, I just I love that it's happening in the same universe. I guess I, do I love have, it too. Don't I, me I guess
1: I do have one parenting question for you. Sure. So there's that moment when Aunt May confronts him uh-huh. at home, and she's like, "I know you left the hotel. I know you sneak out of here, right? Yeah, yeah." yeah what's going on with you would you would you drop the ball on that conversation because with you said you had a kid of similar age but if yeah i've got i've got
2: four teenage boys so so i know
1: all about the teenage boy thing you figure out that one of your boys has got a bunch on their plate they're stressed out right then you find out they've been sneaking out in the middle of the night and they've been ditching class and they've been doing all this stuff do you just they're like oh i you know messed this thing up and that becomes the end of the conversation I mean, how do you parent that? Would you parent that the, the way she did? Because I felt like that. Well,
2: was... in fairness, we only see the one conversation. Right. There's, there there may have been other conversations as well. Yeah. Uh, there is something to be said for hands off parenting, especially as kids get older and, you know, letting them make some mistakes, those kind of things. Uh, but I would take far too seriously my responsibility to protect my children. Yeah. Uh, to not address danger
1: issues oh, yeah. and
2: to address them severely. See, so, that, was,
1: that was my argument as well because whenever I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm, we were having this discussion about that particular scene, I'm like, look, yeah, no, your kid comes to you and they're obviously distraught. He's a 15-year-old. He's got all of the all of the activities that you're listing off and the internship because this is from her perspective. You got the internship, all of the programs at school, going to school, the death of his uncle, the death of his parents whenever he was younger. He's got all of these things on his plate. And so whenever he starts doing these things and you confront them, I was like, yeah, no, I think that that's exactly right. And they for the, the other two that were with me, they're like, no, it totally took me out of that moment because I feel like she just ignored the thing. And I'm like, well, you don't know how the conversation went after that. She, right. was, she went into supportive mode and was like, yeah, no. It's, no, that conversation didn't read false to me I at felt, all. I felt like it was completely natural and was it was exactly what I would do right. or hope to do if I ever find myself in a situation right. like that. Yeah, Clearly, she trusts him. You know, because she does not go straight to, well, what kind of drugs are you using or what are you doing? You know, <laughs> right? she's just like, what's going on with you? So she, clearly she trusts him.
2: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't read incorrectly to me. I just assumed there was, you know, more to their relationship that we didn't see or more conversations that happened. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Uh, anything else before we move on to Baby Driver? No. I'm good. All I, right. I highly recommend it. Baby Driver, uh, what do we want to spoil in this case?
3: Um. Well, we can start off with the fact that he, uh, his mom and his dad. I guess he didn't care for his dad at all, because <laughs> he only talks about his mom. And his dad seemed to be abusive in all the flashbacks. That seems to be yes. what. That yeah, was. the movie. I is, think the movie
2: worth, is indicating that that his dad was not a good person, and that's yeah. that's
1: probably why you're seeing such a, a a downplay, a disconnect between him and the dad, because it's like mom was this shining light, this angel yeah. of his youth, and. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's the story
2: he tells himself as a child, you know, like yeah. there's we don't necessarily know all the ins and outs of that story, but we know enough to know this is what he believes in, what's informing him in his life. And it seems to be a positive thing to focus on his mom yeah. and the beauty of her voice. And and, for, all yeah. we,
1: for all we know, mom is just as bad as dad was, but we don't know that information. We right. just know from his perspective, and his perspective right. is as mom is this singing angel, and dad was this mean person who ultimately caused this car crash that took the both of them from me, and he probably blames dad for it. Yeah, I have a lot, actually a lot of questions I want to ask you guys about this movie.
3: Yeah, well, I've seen it three times, so ask away. <laughs> first time you saw it,
2: yeah. when did you realize that the lyrics to the song, the coffee song, were on the walls and first time?
1: Things? First time. Well, I mean, but like when in that song? Uh, like the first two words, I started picking it up, like immediately. Same with you?
3: Oh, so it was the second. I just try and, you know, just try and take in everything the first time I watch it, and then the second time I watch it, that's when I try and find like Easter eggs and stuff. So, yeah, yeah.
1: The first time, as I'm going through, I'm song lyrics are something that really stand out to me. That's why whenever mm-hmm. I'm talking to people, I'm like, "Did you hear that?" And they're like, "What?" And I'm like, "In the song, is this is what they said?" Yeah. And they're like, they really said that. And I'm like, "Yeah." Like there's a guy at work that uh, doesn't know the song lyrics to the song Paradise by the Dashboard Light by Meatloaf. And I'm like, this is what it's saying. And he's like, really? Yeah. Like, yeah." No, you need, I'm a lyric guy, too. Like, you definitely need. So whenever I'm watching this movie, as I'm listening to it, I'm, I'm actually kind of seeing this in my head. And then I start visually seeing it on the screen. I'm like, oh, my God, this is right here. This is so cool. I thought it was brilliant. And I thought that mo- I, that
2: moment I had when i realized it which i think was pretty early on in the song yeah which would surprise me actually if you didn't realize it you know too late
3: it's a it's but, an egg right sort of thing to do
2: right but i just i that moment again is one of those like uh, adrenaline moments where it's like oh this is just such a cool idea <laughs> yep. and you don't have to live in a real world to do it like i i can suspend that disbelief because we're in this kind of musical fantasy world uh you know so i i really liked that um, in moments like that, that happen throughout the movie, gunshots that match up with beats, uh, uh, you know that kind of stuff.
1: I think the song that really did it for me was uh, Red Our Love" right there at the end, where he takes the old woman's car and oh, he's yeah. flipping through the channels real quick, trying to find. He has to find the song, yeah, and then he finds that, and he's racing to get to her. Yeah, that yeah, was, I was all on board for that. For yeah, me, that cool. the
3: highlight of the movie is still
2: the beginning of the Bell Bottoms, the yeah. Bell Bottoms song, and that heist.
3: It's, it's it so is good. the best heist. Yeah. Oh,
2: it's unbelievable. That, that And seeing things in that that I've never seen before. The idea of finding two similar cars and then pulling like a three-car Monty under Christ. the bridge. like yeah. It's so brilliant.
1: Forcing, I mean, you could never do that. Forcing but it's so brilliant. The, forcing one of those cars into yeah. the other lane.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> those two other drivers are going to have a bad day when the police catch <laughs> up with them. Oh, yeah. They're going to pull them out of the car at gunpoint. And they're going to be like, well, I don't know. Guy cut me off. I, have, I, I don't know. Uh, so many yeah. moments like that during the movie. Now, oh, yeah. Tequila was, is another great moment in that movie. The red car overhead scene where it's from the mm-hmm. helicopter point of view looking down. That's in the trailers. Is it? It is. It's in the trailers. Um, but whenever I watched it in the trailers, I thought this was part of their getaway plan to begin with. Right. And oh, it right. just kind of happens across it. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, OK, cool. They're using this as means of getting away. And this was all worked out in advance. And when in fact that's not the case.
2: So next place my mind went, I'm just going to jump around. I hope you guys yeah, don't mind. Yeah, like, do I just want to
1: talk about stuff. So the next place my mind went
2: was the idea of consequences. And I talked about this mm-hmm. a little bit, but he actually goes to jail. Yep. Uh, he serves five years and then gets out on parole because apparently he's doing a great job being a good kid. That idea of serving time. Paying your consequences is not something we see in a lot of these movies, and I yeah. really appreciated that. And they set it up, like I said, through the whole movie. The fact that his foster dad talks right from the beginning about, "I really wish you wouldn't be doing this stuff," in uh, the fact that um, he doesn't have a choice. Yeah, and, and well, and it sets up his. I mean, he does have a choice. You always have a choice. You well, agree. death is a choice. You could Man. choose death over, you know, yeah, over you know what, or the death of somebody you love over the death of somebody you don't know. Like these are choices yeah. you could make. Um, and i think there's a moral argument i think to be made technic- for them at some I think point. you're
1: going for a technicality that is, there there is definitely a rock in a hard place
2: absolutely um you know there's the uh i don't know why I'm, my mind's going to this but the 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 train um
1: what do they call it the train scenario where you train a tra- scenario train full of people and tracks that are going to lead them off of a broken bridge or run over five people on
3: the tracks yeah
2: yeah and you but you have to pull the lever to kill five people instead of 50 yeah Yeah. you know that kind of thing like those kind of moral quandaries i understand they exist what i'm saying is there are consequences to all the choices we make you know whether we like it or not And this movie deals with that uh, i think in a really beautiful way all throughout the movie so there are moments they set up like with the fact of you know the first jamie foxx job uh where he sees that somebody has been killed and like he has to process that and deal with that and really think about the fact that his choices are taking part in something where p- innocent lives are being lost and the movie doesn't
1: shirk away from that yeah. and i kind of like that i loved it i i liked the moment with uh buddy it's buddy uh john ham's, john character. ham's character buddy uh where he he's telling him you know what the next time uh next time he calls don't answer And he- yeah. like, he's looking out for him i, I- I have to admit that him, John Hamm turning into like the bad guy, yeah, didn't see that coming at all. Me neither. I had, n- I mean, the whole time I was on board with it being Jamie Fox. Like, I was like, no, not me. Uh, for me, that's who it was. I was like, that is going to be our guy. And and even if he ends up being like the minor boss, and Kevin Spacey ends up being the boss, that's what I thought. Like the, that's like your video game tier. He's going to be like your your sub henchman. That's just before. Um, I did not expect it to be John Hamm at all. That came so, out of left field for me. I think yeah, it's. I think totally it's, agree.
2: I think it's an interesting story move. Uh, and that as a story move in taking the expected friend and turning them into the enemy, and the expected enemy and turning them into the friend, that's really interesting. Yep. Uh, my problem is, and this goes to maybe this is where we can go to my big problem with the end of the movie, or I talk about motivations. Ke- it worked, Kevin Spacey. It works for John Hamm.
1: Yeah. I, I get the motivation for him. I get why he turns. Well, he's in love. John Ham's character is in love. He's got this right. chick, everything's right. good. Yeah. Passion rage. Yeah. Totally. I get it.
2: I don't get the Kevin Spacey change. Yes. It seems very undermotivated. Yes. Uh and it seems like they could have if they're gonna go there, find a way to set it up bit better, maybe they think that would give away the surprise that they wanted that he was going to be like, ah, that's okay. You love birds, go do what you need to do. I'm gonna I'm going to give my life. So you lovebirds can escape. It was just weird. And it's weird I mean, coming from the guy who was like, I'm going to kill everybody you love if you don't do one more job for me.
1: Yeah. now I get that. I get that. I totally Because he's standing there and he's like, I was in love once. They summed it up into one line, but you don't really have any other framework around it. It's just not enough. Yeah. And then the other motivation that's, that's difficult for me also happens
2: at the end. And it's why does baby say, let's pull one more job?
1: He gives baby an out. He well, he does and he doesn't. How does he, he not? The, pre- the previous scene where it's at the end of the movie or at the end of the, the diner scene where they're at or the the dinner scene where he and his girl are out having a fancy yeah. dinner and, and Kevin Spacey's character buys them dinner. Right. He's like, You don't say no to me. Right. And so there comes this moment again where he has the opportunity of saying no That's to me. That's not him. what I got. What but got? Ke-
2: but Kevin Spacey isn't telling him to Kevin Spacey's saying the choice is yours. Right. And what
1: we know about Spacey so far is he's a man of his word. True. So I don't know. Here's, then the other then the other side of it is, is Jamie Foxx. That's where it is. That's exactly where it is, because Jamie Foxx is all on board with taking right. the His baby this says job. no. And Fox baby is says gonna kill no. Him. Then sure, Kevin Spacey goes, Fine, you said no, I back your play. These two, sure, because they're kind of on board with it, but they were also on the fence. But can, Jamie Foxx's character is like, You've got a guy for this. We can still pull this job off. He is still guns ablazing. And we already yeah. know how volatile is. So he you think in-
2: he? You think he's making the decision because he knows if he doesn't, Jamie Fox is going to kill him. Absolutely.
3: Yes. Okay. Absolutely. No, no. Not only him. He'll kill Deborah.
1: Absolutely. Just. He'll kill Deborah
3: first, be- and then he'll kill baby.
1: He, even though he doesn't know anything at that moment, he doesn't know anything about Deborah. No, oh, he does. Well, he know he they crossed paths with her, but he doesn't know that there's anything between the two of them. Short of baby stepping up and being like. Don't, when was that reveal?
2: Because he knows eventually
1: when he no, knows because- he knows after it, it's the meaning. Okay. So they go, that's my hangup. And this is earlier. I said that there's a, a story thing, A story thing yeah, between go ahead. both movies. They're driving along and they just happen to drive past the diner. She works at
0: it. Just, yeah, it's yeah. a
1: little coincidental. Yeah, It's plot convenient plot, super plot convenient in Spider-Man. They kind of do the same thing where it's, it's that moment where and suddenly it's the, it's his daughter. And you know, it, it's, it's, to me, it's kind of the same turn, right? Where it's it's just convenient for the plot's purpose. I don't think the Spider-Man one is is is,
2: is as much plot convenient. I it's think not. that's that's a real story twist, right? But. It- to me
1: it was a little I mean it's a little it's a little hard to believe. It took a little it took a little wind out of me. Yeah. I still kept momentum with it but yeah. it took a little wind out of me. It seems with, a little coincidental. With this as they're driving along it's the one place lit up in the darkness and he's right. hungry and he wants to go there and he's like no and there's that argument and then they go. And that's the moment that I was referring to earlier. Whenever they walk inside, where she looks kind of worn from the day, she looks tired and all the good stuff. But when he walks in, she like straightens up and perks mm-hmm. up and becomes yeah. lively. And then he just kind of gives her this look, and she, there's 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 no words, but she knows that there's a problem. Right. And so she doesn't approach him talking like she knows him. And during that whole exchange, he Jamie Fox goes to kill her. Yeah. And he stands up and he stops him. But I don't think that gave it away. I think at that moment in Jamie Foxx's mind, or at least his character's mind, uh, uh, Bats, Bats, yeah, uh, Bats in that moment is, he's, he's already been pushing the envelope. He's been just killing people. He killed all of the police officers that were trying to sell him the guns. He did all of these things. And here's Baby jumping up in the middle of all of this going, no more. And so I don't think he took that as, you know, he's protecting Deborah specifically. He just took that as all right, I'm, I've, I've killed enough people tonight. But then later, once they get to the uh, their lair and they toss out all of the tapes and they get to the one where they're listening to Deborah's audio. And they actually say Deborah, the chick that's in there, the other mm-hmm. girl. She's like, "Hey, isn't Deborah the name of that waitress?" And at that moment, it clicks for everybody in the room that yeah. it's, it's her. But that didn't that didn't happen until after what you're referring to, where they were having the discussion on whether or not they should do, actually do the job or not.
3: No, no. Okay, so this is what I, I have. because I've reverse seen it a order, but... So it does happen afterwards because the does first it? time he says, "Yes, let's do the job." Then they all go to bed. Remember? Yeah. And he tries to sneak out. Yeah. Then they uh, bring it back. Ransack his house. Ransack his house. Bring yeah. him back the tape. They listen to the tape. Then Jamie Fox says, or Jamie Fox realizes, "Oh, Deborah's the girl from the diner." Right. At that point, Baby knows. Okay, Bass knows who Deborah is now. If sure. I say no, he's going to go kill. But her. he already. Well, said, well, sure, but he sure. already said
1: no, right? That's so what, what I'm. Re- that's what I'm referring to. The moment where that moment already happened. That moment before, before they went there, to bed. Before they went to bed, where he's fate. Where Kevin Spacey's like. Look, no, it's it on you. Yeah, it's on Well, me. the way you just explained it, it did. Okay, sure.
3: here, here, okay, let me explain it again. So the first time they go back to, because they go do the whole tequila scene. Yeah. Then they go to the diner. Yeah. Then they and go back, moment, and Kevin Spacey's like, deals off. Right. Because you killed all my cops. Right. At and that, then, that
1: moment, Bats does not know that Deborah exactly. is is a th- in And play. that's where he says no. No, Baby
3: I'm, says, okay, let's do the, yeah, okay, so Kevin Spacey says, let's do the job then. So, well, he says, it's up to you, baby. Yeah. yeah, it's up to you. And then baby says, OK, let's do the job. Right. But he was lying because then he tries to sneak out because he tells Deborah, let's meet up at 2 a.m. and then we'll leave. Right. So he tells everybody, "Yeah, let's do the job. But he's lying. And then he tries to sneak away. So what you're but,
2: saying. So what you're saying is it's not that he that it's a you have to find some weird motivation for him to say, yes, let's do the job. You're saying he was lying anyway. Yeah. So his motivation didn't matter.
1: Exactly. Okay. I think I understand. He he says he says yes for a twofold reason. First off, he says yes because it puts everybody to bed, and he doesn't worry about bats because yeah, I can buy that. I actually buy that completely. Secondly, it also buys him the time that he needs in order to be able to get away.
2: To
3: get away, exactly. But then John Hamm catches him in the uh, but he's actually letting him go.
1: Yeah. He's like, look, if you're gonna go, just go and don't come back. But and then uh,
3: Jamie Foxx shows up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's I think that's what I was trying to say is is that um, at that moment where he's making the choice, where he's like, this is your decision. At that moment, he's faced with yes or no. And if he said no, two things were gonna happen. He was gonna leave, and he was gonna go get her, and he was gonna try to get away. But Jamie Fox would become the threat still yeah. by saying yes. It. Takes away that threat for now and puts it off till later. Gives him time, and it yeah. gave him time. But no, that's I, exactly I, it. No, I can get that. Uh, the way the way I took it from you a moment ago was is that somehow magically Jamie Fox's character just like knew that he would need to also go kill her. No, because no, if no, he no. would have been like no and killed baby, there would have been no reason to go back and kill the waitress.
3: No, no. The second time he says let's do the job after they get the tapes and everything, that's past the point of no return. Yeah, yeah. Where he has to kill Jamie Fox, and when he kills Jamie Fox.
1: Whew. Who thought? Uh, who thought the uh, the old man was dead? Whenever bats comes rolling in on the wheelchair, I was worried. I was super worried. His uh, sir, his stepdad. His yeah, yeah. On the ground. Or his his foster dad. Yeah, whoever I, it was. Yeah, foster, yeah, dad. Yeah, foster I, dad. I I was
2: uh, I was worried. I I don't remember thinking about it too much. It could have gone either way. I wasn't
1: you know like because he he like snaps to and he's like, "What did you do?" And he comes rolling in on the wheelchair, and I'm like, "Oh." <gasps> <gasps> no yeah. no you killed a sweet old man no what's the matter with you bats other than being bat crazy <laughs> and, and i think they a do that because they,
3: they make you because pretty much bats is anton sugar if anton sugar <laughs> loved to talk
1: <laughs> you know uh, yeah i'll just
3: kill i feel
1: like killing i'm gonna go have murder for dinner and then yeah and then and then baby kills him which was phenomenal yeah it's just insanity it, immediately. As soon as
3: they showed those uh, those uh, crowbars, or not the crowbars, but rebar. the uh, the rebar, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, went, like, I've
2: seen Final Destination 3. Exactly. Uh, I know I'm what like, happens. Yeah, <laughs> buddy.
3: But then that ensues the foot chase. Which is awesome. Which
2: is great. Yeah, that's he, such a great chase.
3: He's doing parkour, but at the same time, he's, he's not doing fancy stuff.
2: It's just such a lesson in geography. It's a lesson in how to shoot something where you understand where things are, where the threats are. Like, it a lot of time action directors forget how important it is for the geography of things to make yeah. sense. And it just makes sense. And so you never feel lost. You understand what's going on and, and what the importance is. So yeah, yeah I really like that. I <laughs> totally agree with you now
3: that the one hang up of the movie is Kevin Spacey just having a 180 of
2: yep. heart. It is a we- there's just not a lot of motivation there. Yeah. I just I, I- I'm not finding it at least. So other than true love, which yeah. doesn't seem to be his gist.
1: True love. <laughs> no, exactly. uh, so love,
2: love. True
1: love. Marriage. I was in love once. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there was a moment in it that kind of reminded me of John Wick 2. And that's in John Wick 2. There's that moment where he's facing off against the bad guy and he's in the hotel and he's like, a man could hide here forever. Eating his, his he food. He just shoots him. And he just straight up shoots him. That scene in the diner where Buddy's standing there and there, it's the it's the editing, it's the camera angle because Eddie or I'm sorry, Buddy looks away and all of a sudden there's a pop and he's shot and I was like, oh my god, (laughs) because I didn't expect Buddy, I didn't expect Baby to do that, yeah, I didn't expect it at all. I was totally blindsided by it because yeah, he recognizes there's a cop outside, but he's also like. I'm fighting for what I love. Yeah, um, and there, that was the other thing. He, when Buddy's drawing down on the both of them, and she's looking at Buddy, and he's looking at Buddy, and he's like, "Do you?" And he's like, "Do you love her?" And he's like, "I love her." And she, she's stops. like, "Really?" She like she stops looking at him and turns and looks at, at baby. I was like, "That, that, that's so warm. That's love right there." That's yeah. why I was all on board with this. I, it's like yeah. I think one of the first on screen love. No, the chemistry story. was great. Again,
2: I I will say, and we can talk about this now because we haven't uh you know it is very dude central very dude perspective um oh yeah the yeah tell me about who you think the strong women in this movie are darling yeah absolutely darling 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 is the female that's her buddies how is she a strong woman she is kicking butt. Oh, all that's up. different. No, that's that is different. so not. Different. No, 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 no. That is totally different.
3: I'm not talking about make, doing cool action stuff. She's not. Stuff. She's not meek. She's not cowardly. She is
2: strong. She is. But what is just she about? Just what is her motivation? Who is she? Just because you're a villain doesn't mean you're not strong. No, no, no. You're talking about a different thing than I am. Okay, You're, what, you're, you're talking about you know somebody who is cool or you know is strong in the literal sense. You know, like. Has like the strength of I'm going to stand up to people, and I, I'm talking about a strong character. I'm talking about somebody who means something to the story, other than just to be incentive for somebody else to go crazy. Like the the women in this are just their pieces that are put in a very dude centric story. Again, I I'm I'm saying this in a way that, that makes it sound like I hate the movie for this, no. and I actually don't. I actually think there's and I, di- I, all different movies come from different perspectives. What I'm saying is if I were a female, I can see myself going, okay, where is my part in this story? Where is the the female in this story that has something important to say or important to do?
1: I, I agree with Aaron. I, I, I have to – I know earlier it sounded like more like along the lines that I was, I was citing here, but I, I do agree with you on this because most of the things, most of the actions, most of the motivations are all divisive to another thing. Mm-hmm. And, and most of them are the actions of the men characters right. in the, the movie. I understand what you're saying, Andrew, that she is bold and confident and she talks to whoever, however she wants to. And even There's Deborah that...
3: turns into that character yeah. by the end
1: of the movie. Well, there comes that moment where um, uh, Bats goes inside the the convenience store. He's like, you want gum? He goes inside. And then while he's inside... She turns and looks at Buddy, and she's like, hey, you remember that guy that that uh, looked at me that way? Well, Bats yeah. looked at me that way. Yeah. And he's like, you want me to kill Bats? And he's like, yeah. Well, after the job. <laughs> yeah, afterwards. <laughs> well, well, should we discuss this in front of baby? Eh, he won't say anything. It's fine. It's not a big yeah. deal. That, you know, all of those things, and like you're saying, all she ends up being is a springboard for Buddy to go bananas. Right. Yeah. You know, right. Speaking of I love the banana I So scene. your your I complaint. Your scene.
3: complaint is that some of the females in this movie were
2: used as a plot
3: device instead of being actual characters.
1: All of the females. All yeah. of them.
2: Yeah, it, it's, I'm just I saying. even
3: I think that you can make an argument for Deborah though, on that front. The front that you're talking about about a strong female character, because she changes from one end like her motivations don't change, but her actual Persona changes. Towards,
2: Tell me about that. Tell me about how her persona changes.
3: I feel at the beginning of the movie, she's just you know just a happy go lucky girl. She's like, uh-huh. oh man, I'm just a little waitress at a diner. But at the end of this movie, she becomes strong. She fights to survive. She fights to what, what protect sp- what she loves. What specifically
2: loves. are you you talking about with the uh, fighting for what she loves?
3: She's fighting Buddy. She
2: by actively the end of this movie. fights Buddy in the in the
3: okay. garage. So yeah, she is fighting Buddy not only to defend herself but to protect Baby, who is on the ground because he is, you know, got the, uh, the shell shock. He has <laughs> right. got the tinnitus and the shell shock now from having two guns. Which at that point, that's okay. Maybe that could be my technical complaint about the movie. Why not just shoot Buddy or uh, shoot Baby and get it over with instead of you know blasting next to his ears, He's
2: torturing him? Yeah, it's t- it's the whole torture He's thing. Him.
3: But that is that's a cliche villain thing to do. Sure,
2: that. You sly dog, you got me monologuing. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Which the by way. the way, there is that moment in Spider Man Homecoming <laughs> yeah. where there's a reverse of that where, where the, he the, uses his monologue yeah, to, yeah. to Which I thought that was cool. great. Yeah. 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 You sly yeah. I, I,
1: I so think got me monologue. You, I, you got me monologue. I love that from from the uh the the Incredibles? The Incredibles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Love that.
2: So
3: go ahead, Aaron. You I talking-
2: was just going to say, I, I understand what you're saying. I think it's important to be aware of, especially in, you know, you talk about things like the, what is it, the, the Bechdel test or whatever, you know, where a movie doesn't feature two women having a conversation that doesn't revolve around their men or something like that. You know, yeah. that... that it, Not a lot. No. Yeah. There's... there. I think it's important for movies to be aware not only of... Uh, You know, gender stereotypes, gender um, uh, issues, racial issues, all those kind of things. I do think it's important for uh for movies to be aware of that. So that's why I bring it up, not yeah. because it makes the movie an awful movie, but because it's important to go. You know what? Maybe the story and the characters could have been tweaked so that we had somebody who was, you know, a female presence in this movie who was a perhaps, strong character in a different
1: way, perhaps, but also that wasn't defined by their relationship to a man true but also would would that necessarily be something that was is it lacking from the movie i i can
2: see some people saying sure. uh, as for me i it's not something i came away going Oh, I
1: can't believe that right. they're, you
2: know, like. I don't
3: I don't want you to think that that's what I
2: thought you were saying.
1: Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get what you're saying. Now, there was somebody in your chat feed earlier that as we were going along, like I said, I was sitting over here and squinting reading it. Yeah. And uh, uh, one of them asked about uh, Baby's development through the entirety of the movie. They were hoping that uh, he actually showed some type of development through the movie. And I, I personally feel that he did. Um, because when we well, first, yeah, because yeah, it's, it's yeah. a
2: movie about him understanding what it means to make choices and have consequences. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um. Because you're and you're you're 100 right in that regard. Prior to you know, and, and there comes that moment with uh, Kevin Spacey's character where you know he's like, you know, that I never do the same job with the same group of people except you. And then he brings on bats and things kind of start going really south, really, really quick with him. And but it seems to me that during the time that he's been working with him, there hasn't come that moment where he's he's kind of been sheltered from these things. But then there's some heavy foreshadowing where, um, oh, what's his name? Place the Punisher yeah oh john ball. oh john Berthold. oh yeah ball. yeah thank thank you, thank i was i was
3: thinking tom's jane i'm like tom jane was in this no, movie no 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 Yeah, no, no,
1: no. um, <laughs> no, so john berthal yeah there comes that moment when he starts going on about how you're gonna have to start dealing with some consequences you're gonna have blood on your hands yeah you're gonna be the ones that does this and it's very telling to what it is that's that's yep. coming and i mean you know that yep um but by the end of the movie you get to this moment where you know he he's like i know what it is i want i want out I've paid my dues. I've done my job. I've done the thing. I'm done with all of you. I found someone I want to go and, and be, you know, whatever else on down the road. Yeah. But I kind of wonder, looking at something like this, going, you know, how far? Because he's probably, what, 20s, 30s? Who? baby baby's 20 early early 20s think so yeah so here you are you're in your early 20s and you've had this high adrenaline uh lifestyle and then you go off into the wild blue yonder with some chick at what point in time do you become bored and go back to it
3: he could be a pizza driver like he was. You think so?
1: <laughs> yeah. Make people happy? Well, uh, pizza. Yeah. I mean, I had to jab Jareth in the ribs when that happened, by the way. Yeah. Cause the Jareth whole pizza used, delivery thing. Jareth used to deliver pizza. I'm like, you brought joy to people. You made them happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
2: Yeah. I think he has to deal with those. Uh, again, that diner scene. And then the, Oh, I've had true love. One scene. Those, one of those t- two scenes has to disappear. For the character of Kevin Spacey to make sense, like he yeah. cannot be the guy who stand who watches them have a romantic dinner, and, and then and then, o- then says, "I will kill everyone yep. you know if you don't do another job." And also be the guy that's like, "Oh, I guess you are in love."
1: Yeah, I'm gonna give my life for you. <laughs> like, and and those all this are money. They're so opposite. And all this money. <laughs> yeah. And my car. <laughs> that's right. And I'm gonna take a round for you. By the way, I I do appreciate a couple rounds. I do thoroughly appreciate the fact that this movie recognizes that just because you get shot. Does not mean you're out of the fight, yeah. Because just because you get shot does not mean you're out of the fight. It is not like one right. bullet and you just fly to the ground and you're dead, yeah. You know, Um bananas. A couple shots, the, the combat, in getting this, run over a couple times that might do it. But yeah, <laughs> the combat in this, the way they fight, the the way the gunshots work, things of that nature seemed very realistic. I really, really, really enjoyed this. Yeah. I mean, other than the
2: fact that they matched exactly to the beats of a song. Yeah. (laughs) But that's, that's, but that's 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 what we love about magic. That's magic. That's magic. That's the magic of a musical. Yeah. (laughs) That's what it's all about. Uh, well, thanks guys. Thanks for a great conversation. Uh, love This is, This has yeah. broken the record. This will definitely be the longest uh, spoiler cast we've ever done. No, I think we did a longer one a couple weeks ago. You think we've done a longer SIF spoil than
3: this? I think we did a full hour-long SIF uh, spoil. I don't think longer. we've
2: ever crossed an hour on a SIF spoil before. Okay. I could be totally wrong. Think so? How,
3: how long has this one been going? Do you have an idea? I,
2: I think this is over an hour. You think so? Yeah. yeah. Uh, while he's
1: looking that up, one last thing, I guess. Yeah, do it, man. Uh, do you honestly think that Kevin Spacey's character wouldn't know about the dude in the truck? that was at the bank whenever they're oh, trying to...
2: Oh, I wanted to talk about this. I'm glad you brought this up. Was that ever resolved? No. no there what was, a, was that? That was a do good. There- was it you a do gooder? Just a do gooder. See, even I thought, they even said so. See, I thought they were setting it up for Kevin Spacey to have put him there so that because it was Baby's last job, he was going to take care of Baby. Like, you think the, so? Yeah, that he was going to get him arrested or something. No,
3: no, it said, uh, and then
2: play the good guy, and because he knows all the cops, get him out and be like, "Oh, now you owe me again." Yeah. No, it said
3: a retired marine on the back of
2: uh, the guy's truck. Okay, well, I mean that's fine, but I, I but I mm-hmm. did, I was confused about that.
1: Right, I was confused about that.
3: No, no, that's just some uh, do gooder who is, you know.
1: Just crazy gun to be happy there yeah see and i took that as like but
2: don't you like the idea that, that
1: Kevin that. spacey put I him there i didn't even think of that what i thought was is it's like um uh an undercover paid guard for the the armored truck service uh-huh. that was also there as like off-duty security or something of that nature that's the way i took it but that that is gold I, <laughs> well, that's, and, that's what first came to my mind. Oh my god, that is gold. <laughs> that is wonderful. Uh, to put him back under leverage again would yeah. be. That, well, I was that, looking for that. I was that looking be, for where he was going to still have leverage over. Yeah, him. that would be a that is much more on par with Kevin Spacey's character and who he is, right. and How we see him behave. That makes so much more sense. Oh my goodness! But
2: I mean, I, see, if it's just to do gooder, then it's you know, that's, uh, I mean that that's fine. I think that's the story they were going with, obviously. Yeah, but um, but I was confused there for a second. Oh my! You should get paid for that. That is a, <laughs> that is a genius idea. Well, there you go. I never mind ending a podcast with me being called a genius, that's, uh-huh. that's fine with me. You are a genius, Aaron. Oh, thanks. Now I am blushing. <laughs> uh, catch us next week. We'll be spoiling uh, War for the Planet of the Apes, so we'll tell you all about that that big monkey action. I wonder how that one ends. <laughs> I'm guessing with a war (laughs) for the planet with apes. That's just a guess.